0: Royal welcome, sent to investigate allegations that Mandalore was joining Count Dooku's separatist. Obi-Wan Kenobi was reunited with an old friend, the Duchess Satine of Kalbala. While Satine claimed Mandalore's intentions were to remain neutral during the war, an attack on the capital city led Obi-Wan to the discovery of a terrorist organization known as Death Watch. Now the Duchess travels to the Senate so she can plead her case against her involvement in the war as the Jedi prepare a defense against her opponents.
1: Greetings once again, Bucketheads. Mayvar Tigar. Welcome to the 74th Spider-Droid Slicing episode of MandoVision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us, at social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. And, uh, ooh, turn that down a little too quickly. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And if possible or so inclined, please give us those sweet, sweet, sweet 5 our reviews. They are so critical to helping small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and punch that algorithm right in its, in its throat piece. Because uh, that's where you got to hit it, to knock it down. That's the best way to do it. Alright, we're back for another exciting episode. Another thrilling Star Wars The Clone Wars Rewatch episode. And yeah, we're into it. We're into the second part of the Mandalore trilogy here in Season 2. This is Voyage of Temptation from Season 2, Episode 13. Original air dates February 5th, 2010. Oh my goodness. Some, so before we get into the episode proper, just some kind of interesting, a uh, uh, little, little, little bit of behind-the-scenes notes and trivia here for you all with this episode. Uh, originally, as uh, this, this Mandalore story was being conceived, uh, this episode here... Voyage of Temptation was was going to be kind of it. I mean, like, this was the thing. Obi-Wan has to get the Duchess to, Mandal- or to Coruscant, and it was kind of like a one-off in, in a sense, you know, maybe to be picked up later down the road. Uh, it was at a later point they decided to sort of stretch the story out with the Death Watch and and make the other episodes. So there's a little bit of... um, it, Disjoint is not the right word, but there's some sort of awkwardness Initially, when you watch this episode, if you've just watched the Mandalore plot, you know it almost seems like like Satine and Obi wan didn't just have uh, you know an adventure together on Mandalore. They didn't just confront the Death Watch. It's almost like they haven't seen each other uh, prior to this episode. So there's there's a, a it's a little, um, it's not as smooth. You know, the transition from one episode to the next is not as smooth as you might want it to be. Uh, but I think you can look past it. As I as I watched the episode, yes, I noticed those things. I noticed them the first time around, um, and I definitely picked up on it again. But I, you know, you make you, with that information I imparted. I hope that you can watch the episode and, and be like, yeah, 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 it's fine. I, you know, I get it. And you know, if you think about it from a certain, as Obi Wan likes to say, from a certain point of view, uh, you know, Satine and Obi Wan have a complicated history, a complicated relationship. So, you know, maybe now that they're on the ship. You could, you could look at it as like Satine and Obi-Wan have to act in different ways than they did when they were on the planet just with themselves and before they were, you know, when they were alone, before they were around others. So, something to consider as, as, as we dive into this episode of the show. So, yeah, with that being said, I think it's time to uh, get into the show proper. And you know what that means: there's one thing you have to do first, the most important thing you have to do first: strap on your buckets. Let's go.
0: You know your marching orders. The
1: safety of the Duchess
0: Satine is of the utmost importance. The Death Watch will stop at nothing to assassinate her before she pleads her case to the Senate. The Death Watch may be backed by the Separatists, so stay sharp. R2, use your scanners to probe for any suspicious droid activity.
2: Anything else, sir? No. That'll be all.
1: Okay, so as we said, this is Voyage of Temptation, Season 2, Episode 13 from February 5th, 2010. Our plot this week, Anakin and Obi-Wan guard the Duchess Satine and members of the Council of Neutral Systems as they travel to Coruscant aboard the luxury vessel Coronet. But a traitor amongst them has smuggled aboard a spider-shaped assassin droid. Pretty accurate description of the assassin droid from this episode. Very spider-like, and its little spidery mates that come out of its head. Very spidery as well. Our voice cast this week, once again, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker, Anna Graves is Satine Kryze, Greg Proops is Tal Merrick, Phil Lamar Orn Frita, Dee Bradley Baker is the Clone Troopers, Captain Rex, Commander Cody, and Anakana Far. John Favreau is Pre Vizsla, Tom Kane is their narrator, Corey Burton is the Servant Droid, David Accord is the Ship Captain and the Rabbit Droid, and Ian Abercrombie as Chancellor Palpatine. That is our cast for this week, our director this week. Once again, Brian O'Connell returns. The episode is written by Paul Dini, which, uh, very interesting, getting Paul Dini back on board. We know, we've talked about Paul in the past. Big fan of his work from Batman, the animated series, uh, the, and, and from comic books. I was going to say the, the, the animated world and comic books, but you know what I meant, I hope. Uh, our, our, this episode also credits uh, Henry Gilroy as a, as a series writer, and Scott Murphy as a supervising writer for the episode. And the Jedi fortune cookie for this week: Fear not for the future, weep not for the past. And again, we are we are talking about the the Clone Wars overall, but we are also talking about Satine and Obi Wan Kenobi as we we sort of get back into uh, a little bit more of their past with each other, though not to great detail, not yet. Uh, this em- this episode sort of serves to reinforce and underscore a lot of the stuff that was that was hinted at. In that first episode in the Mandalore plot from last week, uh, and as we discussed, because this episode was was in production first, uh, there is a little eh, disjointedness between the two because you have them engaging with another with, with one another in a, in a scene uh, when they first or when they are first seeing each other, and it feels as if it's been, you know, many many years since the last time they had seen one another. And so that puts you off balance just a little bit because you you're, you're sort of like, didn't we kind of have this conversation earlier <laughs> you know last week maybe? Um, but the part that really kind of uh, shows that this was first is there's a, a level of sort of uh, I don't I, I don't know if I want to use the word animosity, but there is is a, a sort of feeling of of, of past tension that's just been building and building and building between these two and now that they're seeing one another, they sort of voice that during their, their initial encounter here once when, 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 uh, Satine sort of summons obi wan to the chamber with her and the other representatives. And I, w- I want to try and play a bit of it here. Uh, it's a long sequence, so I will definitely have to pause it at some point. Um, but like you can definitely hear, again, like like there's there's tension, there's frustration with these two. It's not, like a, it's not like an outright animosity, but it, it's because of their history and because of their complicated feelings with one another and their, their opposing point of views. So, I mean, this, this part I'm going to play right here is just as, as uh, Satine is introducing Obi-Wan to the other members allied in the room.
3: Really? Senators, I presume you are acquainted with the collection of half-truths and hyperbole known as Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: Your Highness is too kind.
3: You're right. I am.
0: Mean, right? Allow me to introduce my fellow Jedi, Anakin Skywalker. Your servant, my lady?
3: I remember a time when Jedi were not generals, but peacekeepers.
0: We are protectors, Highness. Yours at the moment, we fight for peace.
3: (laughs) What an amusing contradiction.
0: What Master Skywalker means is that we are acting at the behest of your highness to protect you from the Death Watch and the separatists who don't share your neutral point of view.
3: I asked for no such thing.
1: That may be so, but a majority of your court did. I'm gonna pause it right there. One other thing that strikes me about this scene that that I found a little uh, interesting is this this sort of elevated dais that Satine is on. Uh, I, I feel like it's a very interesting Way for her to to preside over other people. It's as 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 if she is, I don't know. It's it's you know obviously when you raise yourself above someone, the, the connotation is that you are elevating yourself above them because you believe yourself better than them. I don't think Satine's that sort of character. So this introduction feels contradictory to the introduction we got with her last week. That's why it it sort of bumps me a little bit in this one. But because of the way there there's something else happening here too in the way that she's sort of talking down to Obi wan which is also very, very interesting. And and perhaps that was part of the reason why they did that for this episode. Let me play a little bit more of this conversation.
3: I do not remember you as one to hide behind excuses.
1: I do not
0: remember you as one to shrink from responsibilities. I am certain we all agree. Duchess Satine and General Kenobi have proven there are two sides to every dilemma.
1: All right, we'll stop it right there. Uh, as Orn Frita makes his, his appearance, which is, uh, again, interesting timing. Another episode with Orn. I mean, we're going to have this happen a lot. Orn Freeta making a, an appearance here on the Clone Wars. Uh, just as we saw his his end, Orn frita meet his, his final fate in Star Wars The Bad Batch. So, <laughs> uh, interesting timing to, for for more time with with Orn Frita. Again, a character we will see pop up throughout the Clone Wars. But something, uh, just timing's everything, right? So while this conversation is playing out, this tension between the, the opinions and the point of views of Satine and Obi-Wan, uh, assassin droids have uncovered themselves, have revealed themselves in the cargo bay of the ship, and they are there to kill Satine before she can reach Coruscant. Uh, what's happening is the spider these, these spidery droids, we talked about them before, they've been a very spider-like appearance with the red eyes and the multiple claws, and the way it uses those claws to kill a clone trooper by stabbing them, its legs, into its the clone trooper's eyes. Uh, very, very visual. <laughs> very, very effective. So you're like, yeah, okay, these droids don't mess around. They don't mess around. And and this is going to be the sort of our B storyline as, as Anakin and R2 head back down there with Rex and Cody in, in an attempt to sort of figure out what's going on with these assassin droids, stop these assassin droids before they can make their move, which puts Obi-Wan and Satine in more close contact as he is like the sole Jedi who can protected the, not just Satine, but the other members of the Council of Neutral Worlds, and uh, yeah, that tension is palpable, and their conversation just before everything goes bananas with with the assassin droids, kind of comes to a a frothy head here, and I want to play a little bit of this sequence here, too. Check this out.
0: A Republic military presence is the only sure defense against the separatists.
3: Even extremists can be reasoned with. Perhaps,
0: if one can be heard over the clanking of their battle droids.
3: Oh, the sarcasm of a soldier.
2: The delusion of a dreamer. Duchess, Master Jedi, it's been a long trip. I think we could all use a little rest and refreshment.
1: Hear, hear. All right. Now. There we go. That's it. There's Tal- Tal Maric, uh played by Greg Proops, who, well, we'll talk about him later on. Uh, so, yes. And we talked. We, we sort of skipped over... The brief conversation that Anakin and Obi-Wan have in the elevator, which is sort of a brief, small mirror of the conversation that Obi-Wan and Anakin have at the beginning of Attack of the Clones when they're on their way to see Padme for the first time uh, since the events of of Phantom Menace. So a little bit of an intentional uh, flipping, reversing of roles, if you will, between the two Jedi, and uh, that's always fun, fun stuff. Um... We're going to get a little bit into Satine and Ogun's history here in a minute. I'm going to queue it up and play it for you right now. You and Satine have a history. An extended mission when I was younger. Master
0: Qui-Gon and I spent a year on Mandalore, protecting the Duchess from insurgents who had threatened her world. They sent bounty hunters after us. We were always on the run, living hand to mouth. Never sure what the next day would bring. Sounds romantic. (laughs)
1: <laughs> All right, so then we cut back. R2 still on lookout for these droids. They're finding more dead troopers. Things aren't going real, real well uh, below deck here. As as these assassin droids are are making just short work of the clone troopers around them. They're able to, you know, go above, behind. They're very quiet, stealthy, and uh, the clones are getting picked off one by one here. And Anakin uh, will be going down there shortly to kind of head up the investigation, uh, but in the meantime, R2 is doing most of the hard work here as he continues to find more and more dead clone troopers. Uh, Let's get back into more of their uh, backstory here. So let me cue that up again, and here we go. A civil war killed most of Satine's people, hence her aversion to violence.
0: When she returned, she took on the difficult task of rebuilding her world alone. You didn't stay to help her. That would have been problematic. My duty as a Jedi demanded I be elsewhere. Demanded? It's obvious you had feelings for her. Surely that would affect your decision. Oh, it did. I live by the Jedi Code. Of course. As Master Yoda says, a Jedi must not form attachments. Yes. But he usually leaves out the undercurrent of remorse. Yes, Captain.
2: General. All
1: right. So this is where Obi-Wan gets the update on the assassin droids, the dead troopers down below. But yeah, we're trying to get that backstory. We're trying to get that history. And... Not only are we getting a bit of a better understanding between Obi-Wan and Satine, but we're getting more of the understanding of Mandalore and what Mandalore has gone through and how, you know, old fans like myself, uh, what's been changed in the canon from from what we thought we knew about Mandalore. And, uh, you know, it's it's exciting and it's interesting. And we're going to explore more about that old canon stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, because, as we talked about in the last episode, some of that new, old canon may be getting steadily reintroduced via the Mandalorian and possibly more so in the Book of Boba Fett coming up. So we're going to have an episode coming up uh, after we finish this Mandalore trilogy where we talk a little bit more about some of that old canon. Mostly the stuff that, will pretend, uh, that uh, as it pertains to Jango Fett and potentially to Boba Fett as well. We'll, well. we'll keep it kind of small this week. We won't go, or for that show I should say, we won't go into, into crazy depth. And try to try to rechart the history of Mandalore, as as a as a people and as a as a leadership structure. We won't do, we won't do that just yet. We'll save that for a very special special episode. But yeah, as it pertains to Jango and potentially to Boba Fett as well, we will explore uh, some of the the old canon, the 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 Legends universe, if you will, uh, of of Death Watch, Jaster Mural, Jango Fett, and how all that kind of ties into uh, a different time in in the Star Wars uh, galaxy when uh, when Disney didn't own it just yet. So interesting stuff for sure. But yes, now the mystery, the, the, the action part of the plot is gonna kick up here as the Jedi became made aware of the assassin droids down below. I should've mentioned at this point in the story too, the ship is also in hyperspace. So they are, are en route to Coruscant. So there's sort of a bit of a, uh, a sense of urgency in that sense for uh, they wanna get this assassin droid before they arrive to Coruscant because uh, that's gonna be bad news, right? Or, as from the other point of view, the assassin droid needs to get the job done before they get to Coruscant and this duchess can escape. So there's some interesting uh, sort of a, a, a tension because of that, because of their that, that hyperspace element as well. Uh, we also have dinner with the with the senators that Obi-Wan hangs out with, and we know how Obi-Wan feels about politicians. And you have to wonder a little bit, is how much of Obi-Wan's feelings for politicians is shaped by his... Uh, past relationship with the Duchess Satine, you know, you have to wonder. They each chose their duty, uh, but it may, you know, maybe he, he he the time he spent with Satine sort of, sort of uh, uh, tainted his opinion of politicians in general. It's 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 interesting to sort of explore that. I don't blame her directly. I'm not trying to say that she directly affected that, but it's wonder I wonder if Obi Wan, as a younger man, was more optimistic about politicians. Spends a little bit of time with Satine and and sort of sees. Everything they have to do and go through, and then comes back and sees the, the the beginning of the corruption of the Senate, and starts to to figure out the the, the two the two uh, two facedness of politicians, and uh, yeah, I just wonder if there's a, a little bit of an effect on Obi Wan's psyche from from that, and that helps shape the way he uh, sort of distrusts politicians to a, to a degree. Uh, so yeah, they're at the dinner scene, and uh, Anakin and the clones. Find and destroy one of the assassin droids, but another escapes up the lift shaft. Obi-Wan is able to destroy that one before it can attack, uh, before it can attack Satine. And then dozens of tiny little droids come out of its head and attack. And these are more little spider-like assassin droids. It just the sheer number of them is uh, terrifying. As, as many of the representatives duck and hide for cover, it, it's up to Obi-Wan and, surprisingly, Satine to hold off the droids, who are basically coming for them because they, they want Satine. Everyone else is not really in danger. So let's watch this little clip here as Satine and Obi-Wan face off against these miniature spider assassin droids. Do you always carry a deactivator?
3: Just because I'm a pacifist doesn't mean I won't defend myself.
1: Now you sound like a Jedi. Boom, and that's them just basically kicking those spider droid booties and so, after kicking all those droid booties, we get a we get a, a little moment uh, between Anakin and Satine, where again they've sort of the, the 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 posturing is done; it's over with. They they've just shared and had another shared experience, uh, and and sort of rekindled their bond to a certain extent. And so they have this like quiet moment as they go through the the wreckage of these these dead spider assassin droids. And I did want to play it because it is, like I said, it's a very soft but quiet emotional moment for the two characters.
0: Just like that swarm of venomites on Draboon, remember?
3: How could I forget? I still have the scar.
0: Begging your pardon, Duchess, I distinctly remember carrying you to safety.
3: I meant the scar I got after you fell and dropped me. Oh,
0: yes.
1: I'm looking for the droid that services the... All right, so I do want to play this next sequence here, too, because I find this. I find Anakin attempting to get answers out of this droid to be hilarious. they, They know someone smuggled on an assassin droid. They're looking for information. Check this out.
2: Cargo bay? Uh, yes, sir. Are all those creatures dead? That's what I'm trying to find out. You're in charge of the cargo manifest, right? Uh, yes. I have it right here. Well, where did they come from? It is right here on the Manifest. For immediate delivery to Coruscant, one container marked medical supplies. There's no name on this chart. There is no indication of who shipped it. No, sir. Just the Senate stamp. Always accepted for transport here aboard the Coronet.
1: Boom. So it's somebody hanging out with team already. The spy is in their midst. Death Watch lurks. So I did misspeak a little bit earlier. I said that none of the other representatives were in danger, because they were all going towards Satine and and Obi-Wan. That is true, but there, there were others going after the other uh, members of the Senate and the representatives. The other people of the uh, unaligned worlds, the neutral systems, if you will. Uh, so this is where we're going to get Obi-Wan's plan. He gets the update from Anakin, and he forms a plan. He finds one of these little assassin droids still alive, and decides to make a... He has a little idea, and he's going to Articulate that now for the members of the Council of Sovereign... Of independent systems. No, not independent. Of uh, neutral systems. Thank you very much.
0: My theory is our little friend will attack the Duchess and anyone who defends her. Anyone, that is, except the traitor who programmed it.
2: <laughs> Don't
0: get away!
3: Obi-Wan, this line of questioning borders on torture.
1: This is Obi-Wan walking around the table now, seeing the droid's reaction well, to I assure each I our
0: pacifist duchess that all is under control. I'm trying to expose a bigger threat. Interesting. The droid displays unusual hostility toward the honorable Kin Rob. But it seems to like you,
2: Senator Merrick. Well, Prince...
1: Really, General Kenobi, you're quite clever. All right, now action ensues. The droid's going to go for Satine, but of course, it's it's not going to work. But Merrick has been exposed, and now he's going to take Satine as his prisoner, which leads to some more fun on the coronet. All right, so again, Obi-Wan has dispatched the, the final assassin droid. Anakin is attempting to take care of all the, all the, all the remaining ones down below decks. They meet up because now they got to stop Tal Merrick from from uh, uh, making his escape or potentially just even killing Satine. Uh, Obi-Wan believes he will attempt to make contact with his people, and that's exactly what's going to happen. So we get a little moment here between Anakin and Obi-Wan that I, I find very, very amusing, uh, and then we'll go into Merrick's scene where he's uh, communicating with Pre Vizsla. Check it out. This may not be the time to ask... But were you and Satine ever.?
0: I don't see how that has any bearing on the situation at hand.
2: All right. The ships coming out of hyperspace. Death Watch Command. Tal Merrick here. Senator Merrick, have you completed your mission? Yes, sir. I have the Duchess, but I need help getting her away. Very good. Reinforcements
1: are on their way. All right, so here we got some uh, battle droids from the Federation, which, again, if we we haven't underlined the fact that Death Watch is being supported by by the Separatists, I mean, super battle droids crashing into the Coronet uh, are uh, going to be a big indicator. The surprising part about this is that they are apparently they they should be in Coruscant space, right? Like they should be in the Coruscant system. There should be plenty of Republic forces around. Where exactly are these guys launching from? I guess is my question for the episode. Is is you would think the Republic has a little bit tighter control over over the spaceways in their system, but. Um, Perhaps it's just convenient for the plot, you know. I, you know, we don't have to, we don't have to pick it apart. It is what it is, and it leads to some fun action sequences because it's always fun when you get to see Jedi's uh, slicing through super battle droids. All right, so Anakin, Cody, Rex, and, and the remaining clone troopers end up making short sure work of those super battle droids. Obi Wan has pursued Talmerek down a hallway. He still has Satine as his human shield and hostage, and I definitely want to play the end of the sequence here because uh, this is when you get to like the real. Emotional core of the episode, where you know everyone's gonna put their cards on the table, and uh, again, it's it's good stuff. But what happens at the very end of the episode? We will definitely have to talk about. But we'll, we'll play it on the other. We'll talk about it more on the other side. Check it out. This is Merrick. Stand by to disengage. Say farewell, Duchess.
3: Obi Wan, it looks like I may never see you again. I don't know quite how to say this, but I've loved you from the moment you came to my aid all those years ago.
0: I don't believe this. Sateen, this is hardly the time or place for... All right.
2: Had you said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order. That is touching. Truly it is. But it's making me sick, and we really must be going.
3: You have the romantic soul of a slug, Merrick! Go. Oh, the slugs are so often trod upon.
2: Interesting turnabout. But even if I do not deliver the Duchess alive to the
1: Separatists, I still win. The second. All right, let me pause it right here because what's about to happen <laughs> is, oh boy. <laughs> Let's just play the rest of it out.
2: And I'm away. I'll hit the remote and blow the coronet to bits.
3: I will not allow that.
2: What will you do? if you shoot me, you prove yourself a hypocrite to every pacifist ideal you hold dear. And you, Kenobi, you are no stranger to violence. You'd be hailed as a hero by everyone on this ship. Almost everyone. Referring to Satine, of course. Come on, then. Who will strike first and brand themselves a cold-blooded killer?
1: Course, it is Anakin Skywalker who has no problems stabbing Tal Merrick through the back. And again, I don't know if it gets much more cold blooded than that. Um, and you heard the echoes there. I let it play aloud a little bit longer so you could hear the echoes of the Imperial March as Merrick's body drops to the floor and uh, Anakin's able to catch the detonator so that there's no explosion, the coronet is safe, and everything comes to uh, a satisfactory conclusion on the voyage of temptation but there's still a little bit left let me cue that now
3: how ironic to meet again only to find we're on opposing sides
0: the needs of your people are all that matter they couldn't be in better hands with you to guide their future
3: kind words indeed from a mindful and committed jedi and yet what i'm still not sure about the beard
0: why what's wrong with it
3: it hides too much of your handsome face.
0: <laughs> what was that all about? Very
1: remarkable woman. She is indeed. All right, and there's more to come because this is just the beginning. Of uh, Well, <laughs> this is the middle installment of this this particular trilogy, but we're not going to be done with, with Duchess Satine nor Mandalore during the course of this series. And so, yeah, we get a lot of great information, a lot of great stuff. I, um, <laughs> I love it. It's so good. I love getting more about Obi-Wan's history, more of his backstory. And again, we've talked about how uh, he and Anakin are sort of mirrors, you know? Obi-Wan is the example of following the Jedi way, following the code, and... And uh, Anakin obviously followed his heart, followed emotion, became attached, sought out attachment, has attachment to Padme. But we do get the confession from Obi-Wan that, that if Satine had said so, if Satine had asked him to, he would have left the order for her. And so that is a, a very interesting, again, dynamic to compare Satine to Padme to. Because Padme could have, and maybe should have, denied Anakin his feelings and turned him away and told him that he, he cannot leave the order. They cannot pursue their emotional attachment to each other. Um, so the two the two relationships are such an interesting contrast and and so fun to look at too. It, it helps you re-examine and recontextualize Anakin and Padme through the course of the films, through episodes two and three in particular, because you know the bulk of fandom that's what they know. And watching the animated series, you know, I've told people for a million years, like you get so much more story from these characters, from the situations, from the circumstances. There's so much that that you know the the I don't want to say average fan in a sort of dismissive or derogatory term, but if if someone you know has only seen the films, they only know the surface. They they you know they, they get the tip of the iceberg, and there's so much more of that iceberg beneath the surface. And this is this episode, this arc in particular, is is a prime example of that because there's so much to chew on here. There's so much to analyze and to break down. And again, that wonderful comparison and contrasting uh, uh, dynamic between Obi Wan, Anakin, Padme, Satine, and their relationships in general. So much fun, so interesting. And in oh, Anakin, or, I'm sorry, oh, Obi Wan gets a little bit of a catharsis from this too, as as in that moment of peril when it seems like all might be lost that Satine and Obi-Wan are finally just honest with each other and and say the things that they've wanted to say for so many, many years. And if you're not touched and moved by that, then you're dead inside. Dead inside. (laughs) I dig this episode. I think it's a lot of fun. It's not quite as much fun as, as the first episode was in the, the, the Mandalore plot, but the emotional core of this one's so much stronger as we dive into that relationship and, and explore that relationship more fully. And, and I love it. And I love that Anakin's kind of there to see it. And you have to also wonder, like what is Anakin thinking? I think Anakin thinks Obi-Wan's out of his mind for denying love and denying his heart and his emotions. Uh, you know, Anakin came to the Jedi Order late, so these, these things were not uh, drilled into him the same way they were to Obi-Wan. And you know, Anakin has always had attachment, and letting go has always been his hard, his hardest uh, uh, test for him. And again, we're gonna we're gonna see that on multiple levels for Anakin as the show goes on. Obviously, the biggest one being uh, Ahsoka Tano. And and again, we're gonna, we're on a little break, a little Ahsoka break right now in, in the series. Um, but but yes, examining those relationships for Anakin and and looking at them through Obi Wan's eyes is a really interesting. Uh, really interesting storytelling device and method and and I just enjoy the heck out of it when we get to go, like I said, below the surface and see just how big this iceberg is that is the Star Wars galaxy beyond the cinematic universe, you know? So much more to it, so much more complex, so much more so much more interesting, honestly. You know, you only have you only have when you only have two hours, two and a half hours to tell your story and you have a huge sprawling cast, you know, you don't get into like a lot of that emotional stuff too often, or at least not to, to any uh, any great depth and and doing these shows and having these these episodes and uh, allowing the, these things to be elaborated upon is so great and so enjoyable I love it love it love it it's an easy eight on this one uh, I, I sort of wish the first half of the episode was more up tempo I suppose but no it's a rock solid episode I think you really really all enjoy it yeah, easy eight and, yeah, that's it. That's the Voyage of Temptation. And we'll be back next week to close out this, this trilogy of, of the Mandalores of Duchess Satine uh, as she gets framed in the next installment as the, as the leader and orchestrator of Death Watch. So that's going to be a good time. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. And I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Mando Vision and our Star Wars Rewatch Mondays. We're having a good time doing this. We're having a blast. And we're rocketing towards the conclusion of Season 2. And, uh, yeah, we got, we're going to take a little pause after the Mandalore thing, because I do want to talk a little bit more about Death Watch uh, and the old canon for Django Fett, because there is some stuff to sort of reinterpret and recontextualize as it may be elements re-brought, uh, sorry, reintroduced to the canon. So we'll do that. There'll be a little pause on Mandalorian, or I'm sorry, on Clone Wars Rewatch Mondays as we do that episode. But otherwise, everything's going to stay right on track. So thank you all so much for listening. I love the fact that you're here, that you're checking out the show on a weekly basis, that you're recommending it to friends, family, loved ones, enemies, people who owe you life debts and who you are in life debts to. And even even the members, the uh, people that you're in blood feuds with, that's always fantastic. So thank you so much for, just for, for us always supporting the show. It is so vital and I'm so appreciative that you do it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is at social media, at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show at MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. And one more time, make sure you're you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And, hey, one last plug for the five-star reviews. If you can, they're so vital. We love them so much. Thank you in advance for anyone who's taking the time to do that. Let's get out of here. Let's wrap this show up. We'll be back on Friday for Bad Batch Friday. Get ready. Uh, if you're listening to the other podcast that I do, the TomCast Popcast, we've got a really busy week coming up. Uh, well, coming up. by the time you hear this, you'll, it'll, it'll already have happened. But go back and check it out. We're going to be wrapping up Loki on Wednesday. This, uh, again, it, you listen to it at your convenience, but we're wrapping up Loki this week, and then there'll be a Black Widow review coming out very, very soon as well, which you can now watch on Disney Plus. Or if you're feeling... If you're feeling good about things, get back out there, go to the theaters, uh, support your local theater, and, and go check it out on the big screen. Uh, yeah, because I'm planning on doing both. So, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Excited for some Black Widow, excited for some new Marvel Universe, and excited for that finale of Loki. So, check out the TomCast podcast if you're looking for something else to fill in some, some time in your day. I thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom. This is the Mandivision podcast, and this podcast can only end one way and this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.